Hello and welcome. I'm Georgia Fraser. It's time for a Mojo Injection episode 109. Wowzer. This is the last episode of 220. The next time it'll be 110. Boom bang bosh, January 21. And I just want to send you guys so much love and mojo and joy and peace. I hope you're able to find those beautiful things um, over Christmas. I hope you get a chance to relax, to be present, to unwind, to reflect on the year, what it's taught you. It's taught me a lot. <laughs> There's been challenges. It's been roller coasters like no other. Um, and that was all before COVID. <laughs> and then COVID came. Um, but I hope you have the time just to reflect and be kind to yourself. I love this conversation because Jerry and my guest has um, completed the same mindfulness course that I did and wow it, it really is a game changer when you're able to take the mind and observe the mind observe the thoughts and don't judge them notice them and you can take mindfulness as deep as you want right I've taken it pretty deep Darian's taken it pretty deep um, and you can really, really go deep and you can question where triggers come from. You can question why you get these thoughts, but don't judge them. Like sometimes we have these thoughts, right? And we're like, where did that come from? And it's going into your heart space and, and working out what to do with those thoughts. It can be really, really hard sometimes, right? Our emotions can really take over us. And it's being aware of those emotions and then seeing what we need being aware of our emotions and seeing what we need and there's always a choice there and I love how much Jarian loves self-development um, it's just yeah this is a really really interesting discussion I'm delighted to have this as my final episode of 2020 and yeah I'm just sending you so many good vibes guys and may 2021 be a year with so much more joy so much more love and yeah just good vibes that's what we need right so much more joy and all the good stuff and fun and good energy and friendships and connections and all the good stuff so jarian and the main place you can get to her is jarian underscore finding you you can also go to www.arden.uk.com. So Jerry and I met years ago and she is, she's got a similar background to me as you'll hear in hospitality. We both worked in marketing and um, got to live the hospitality life. I'm sure it looks very differently this year, but um, Jerry has been on a self-development journey for a good couple of years now she did the same mindfulness course we we really talk openly in this episode i love how raw and real it is and jarian is now helping others to step into their power um, through her coaching she offers one-to-one -one coaching in person and on zoom um, so if you want to contact her but i just really invite you to enjoy this conversation and just to listen with an open mind there'll be things that come up that perhaps challenge you um and and that's fine you know that's what happens when we're into mindful personal development right we can be triggered and um, so it's so important to look within um so yeah you can um just feel at home guys feel free to ask any questions um jarian's new website arden will be properly up and running soon um 
but you can connect with her on Instagram. As always, you can connect with me, guys, at Jojo Fraser Mojo on Instagram, on Facebook, Twitter, but I'm not always as active as I should be. Um, but you can get me on mummyjojoblog at gmail.com. I'm also over on YouTube at Jojo Fraser, and you can get me um, there. So, right, let's jump in. All the love, guys. All the good vibes. Wishing you a wonderful Christmas. Mwah. Okay, Jerry, and thank you so much for coming on the Mojo Injection. Thanks so much for having me. It's an honour to be a guest here. Oh, well, you're so welcome. And, you know, I was thinking before we came on, so our backgrounds are quite similar, actually. So we would have first met at a night out with your boyfriend at the time Colin I just got back from traveling for a year and it was my welcome back drinks with the big mouth media crew and I think that might have been the first night we met unless I met you before we tra yeah. I traveled but um so we had the night out and then you'd um you I can't remember if you back then because this would have been 2007 and I don't know if back then you were working for like hotels, similar role to me, marketing and stuff. Were you doing that then? Yeah, so that was probably at the kind of near the very beginning of my career. So I graduated in 2006 mm -hmm. um, and always envisaged myself working in the hospitality industry. I didn't know what that looked like at the time. So um, I tried a few different industries. I worked out in Spain for Thomas Cook for six months and I worked in various hotels and I just fell in love with uh, the hotel environment so I did think about oh I'd love to one day you know work for you know one of the big uh, flight companies or whatnot but I thought well that's not going to be maybe sustainable long term so I thought well hotels at least there's a bit more of a base so so yeah, I was working in hotels um, and yeah, I pretty much started at the bottom and worked myself up. Uh, so my first job when I graduated, I was on the reception desk at the Sheraton Hotel and Grand. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I just sort of moved up from there and um, kind of changed industries a little bit, just um, got a bit more experience. So I worked in recruitment and I worked in the fitness industry. And yeah, I, I kind of came back to hotels and um, yeah, moved into the sort of hotel, uh, sort of the sales and marketing site. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, cause we were doing that. Cause I, when I got back, I, so we met up the December for drinks. And then 2008 came in the January, I got a job in boutique hotels doing, you know, sales and marketing role. And do you know, at first it was absolute love. I don't know about you, but I loved showing people around the gorgeous hotels. I love going on business trips because when I went on business trips, I got to stay in five-star hotels to, to, to meet with marketing teams and collaborate um, that weren't direct competition. Um, and chat and sometimes I would meet the direct competition to be honest I just wanted to you know I didn't really want to have that you know um but I just loved it like did you find the same did you did you feel like you, the honeymoon period of that that job like being in hotels for marketing was like a sort of high for you 
yeah, I mean, I absolutely loved working in hotels and um, as you can probably relate, Joe, um, being in the hotel industry, is it's almost like who you work with, that's your family, you know? So I've got quite a small family and um, I guess sort of being in the hospitality world, it was almost like you kind of made your own family almost. So you, you were working hard and, you know, you were doing shift work. You know, I remember working in reception and it was nine days on the trot and it would be late shifts and early shifts. And you really got close to your colleagues, you know, and you would work with them, but out with that, you would spend your free time with them as well, you know? So I absolutely loved it. And I, I gave it my all. I was so passionate about the industry and, had really close relationships and I guess that's what I loved about hospitality is the people like I'm, I'm very much a people person and I remember at the time I used to get really attached to people but um, hospitality is quite transient isn't it people come and go they, they want to travel they want to you know see the world and uh, so yeah you would be with this group of people for you know six months for example and then suddenly it would change all again and yeah. a new batch of people would come in and I remember I used to get quite upset when people would leave because I, I do get quite attached to people but I guess it was all part of the process but yeah no I love that um the whole buzz about the industry and like you see um you know getting to know your clients and um entertaining them and showcasing your hotel and it was all about the people for me really so yeah, yeah such a people focused role and I love the whining and dining as well because I'm a total foodie <laughs> so it was like yeah <laughs> you know, and that was like this is my ideal job but I think for me and I don't know what happened with you um but the honeymoon period started to wear off for me um I was doing it for into seven years and and he said right you can go up to directorship if you want um that was someone that was encouraged for me but I was so broody and literally it it came over me it, it was like I got married right and then literally I was like I, I really want a baby I really want a baby and my focus just changed like I was desperate to have a baby and when I had Bonnie and I went back part-time when she was one years old and I was just desperate again to have another baby. So that sort of took away my love for it because my focus changed, my perspective changed, all that sort of, you know, the networking down in London and all these amazing trips that I loved, like going out to Nice and stuff. I just had a new perspective. I mean, what, what changed to sort of lead you to, into a new path and a, a new kind of field? Yeah, I can definitely resonate with what you say, um, particularly when you settle down and you have children, um, everything changes, your whole world changes. And so, yeah, when I had uh, Morgan, um, I took a year off and returned after maternity leave part time as well. And I thought, OK, well, it's manageable part time. I can do this. But I did start to kind of feel maybe slightly disconnected and I don't know, there was just more awareness as to how, how I was being and, you know, I was looking at the stress aspect of the job, for example. So, you know, sales is, 
it's relentless let's face it you know you're you're only as good as your last month and there's always so much pressure there's always so much future focus there's not really much opportunity to enjoy the present mm -hmm. you know I remember having meetings in January and we were already talking about Christmas yeah you know? I remember that well it's just like what? <laughs> you're always chasing the next thing and, uh -huh. and you know it's just constantly it's like you're on this treadmill so when I went part-time with Morgan it was manageable but definitely I think when I had my second child that's when everything really changed um so yeah with Morgan I was thinking why am I uh, why am I not being so loyal to my job like I always find that I was moving from one hotel to the next so I would probably stay with one hotel brand and then move to another and then I was looking at my CV and I'm like this isn't right you know why why am I and I mean there was reasons uh, there was promotions and there's pay rises and you know headhunting and whatnot so there was reason but I thought well you know if it was so good then you know why am I happy so I thought maybe initially there was something missing there and um, one of my friends actually said this year she said and it totally hit the nail on the head she said success without fulfillment is failure and that that's what was missing for me I wasn't fulfilled I mean it was great you know um generating revenue for the hotel and you know um being a, an important part to the the team but I wasn't fulfilled so that was the first thing um and then when Brooke came along um it changed again so she started getting um pretty unwell she was having these seizures and it wasn't just the odd one it was maybe about two a month and um I think that's when I realized that you know what why should I return to work at that point um because I was really concerned about my daughter like like you say your priority changes like before kids my career was everything but when your kids come along your kids are everything so they're at the top of um, your priorities so yeah she started to become pretty unwell and I didn't think that it was uh, affecting me so much until it was the 1st of January in 2019 um, I did the uh, sea swim at North Berwick it was the Looney Duke and I wasn't really much of a, a dipper back then but now I do love it so it was my first dip and you know what it's like when you first do something like that you get the adrenaline you get the fear, you talk yourself out of it, your inner critic's loud, you do it anyway and you get that massive buzz. So it was such a, a big day for me because well, one of my biggest fears is the water and it's something that I still need to work with. But, you know, the only way you're going to face your fears is, is overcome it and, you know, get into the rhythm of, you know, facing it, you know. Yeah. Um, looking the tiger in the eye almost, isn't it? It's like if you look the tiger in the eye, that's how you're going to get over that fear. So... So that happened that day and then at night time I went to bed, I thought I was completely fine, um, I was a bit cold from the, the sea but it was that night that everything changed and I had my first panic attack um, and it was really bad, I, I had never experienced a panic attack before. Um, I remember going to the toilet and looking in the mirror and I just saw a lot of fear and I just didn't feel myself at all and 
just everything froze. I remember my husband had to carry me down the stairs because I couldn't move. And yeah, it was just like, I don't know, almost like being caged, like you couldn't really move, you couldn't really speak, but there was a lot of anxiety, you know? So that's when everything changed and um, we got help from the NHS. Um, they helped me with this breathing exercise and focusing on the breath. And because you sometimes, at the time you don't realise, you know, you think you're going to die. You think, um, how am I going to get out of this, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but eventually over time it started to subside and, you know, it kind of gave me quite a fright. Um, and then I kind of thought nothing of it. I was like, oh, it was maybe just being in the sea. That's maybe what triggered it because I was really scared of the ocean at the time. Um, and then the, the panic attacks kept on coming. I mean, I remember I was on the motorway with my two kids in the back driving the car and it was just me driving 70 miles an hour and I could feel this panic attack bubbling and <laughs> I thought this is a place to be yeah. make it worse because you're like I'm on the motorway <laughs> exactly it's the worst feeling in the world especially when you've got responsibility um so they kept on coming and you know we'd phone NHS 24 they would eventually help get me out of it whether it was it was mainly the breathing that helped me get out of it and the talking as well so the breathing of talking really helped me come out of the panic attacks and when it happened quite a few times that was the point where I was like I need to see the doctor and um see what they've got to say so and what so, did they say to you um so yeah I had an appointment and they gave me sleeping pills to help with that because the sleeping wasn't very good I was it felt like my body was constantly in fight or flight mode mm -hmm. um, and then they prescribed me antidepressants and I remember at the time looking at the piece of paper and I was like you know I've got nothing against medication right mm -hmm. but I was looking at and I was like after you know I think it was like not even a 10 minute one-to-one -one with your doctor I was like there must be more to to just taking antidepressants and coming back several weeks later <clears throat> so I didn't take them um, and I thought there must be a way to to heal myself so that's where my um, journey of self-development started um, so I attended a women's circle with Lynette Gray my first women's circle and there was a lot of sharing there was a lot of vulnerability a lot of connection with with people that you've never really met before mm. um, and I remember sharing some things about my personal life and at first I was like what did I just say I can't believe I just said that you know and I remember messaging Lynette and I'm like oh I can't believe I said that and she's like oh how do you feel and I was like yeah I think it feels all right I feel like I don't know maybe cleansed in that way um, and then yeah it just kind of it was almost like following these bread breadcrumbs so I embarked on uh, the eight-week mindfulness uh, training with Gary Young. So do we do it because I'd started that course January 2019 so you would have been I think I started after I started March time. That's so funny so we were doing that course at practically the same time. 
Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I remember it was March because we finished around May time and I think it was off the back of an interview that I saw on Facebook with Gary Young and he talked quite a lot about the ego and conditioning and, you know, having these um, habitual patterns and it was the first time that I heard about that, you know, and I was like... I think he's on to something, you know, and <laughs> so I was really intrigued and that's what made me kind of commit to the course and wow, it was completely transformational. Um, it really helped me get to grips with the mind and um, being able to be in that soothe part because I felt personally I was constantly on the go. I was always doing things. I wasn't really switching off. I, I didn't really what's that so the blue dopamine graph because paul gilbert's been on this podcast the one who created this this model of the dopamine all oh, right yeah i love that model yeah i spoke to him not long after i got out of hospital actually <laughs> but it's a great interview I'll, i can't remember what one it was but it's probably like oh, i need to look it up yeah 20 back, 20 back or something like that but yeah. um yeah, that model's amazing, right? Because it really highlights that so many of us are on either high alert threat in the red where you're getting the cortisol or the cortisol and the adrenaline because of the news or whatever. I don't really watch the news, but and then you've got the blue, whether it's achieving as a mom, like you know, potty training, as you were saying, that's stressful, you know, going to the shops, doing all that, and then whatever else you've got on top of that passions work but you know we've got so many roles right to try and play and um, mm. that can really start to take a, a real impact on your mind right yeah I remember when he showed up this model and it was like wow it was yeah. it was such an eye-opener and I just remember the soothe part really kind of jumping out on me and it was like this is what you're missing you know so yeah. It was just completely amazing, Joe. Like, um, obviously, you you've really benefited from the mindfulness course too. And there's just so much learning within that eight weeks. I learned so much about myself. There were so many insights. It wasn't just about meditating. There was more to it, you know. Um, so so much came up during that course, and even after, you know, I'm still getting the insights. And I even remember one day that I decided. There was a friend group that wasn't really serving me. I don't, I don't know. I couldn't put my finger on it, but you know, I had nothing against them. Um, but I just felt like there was so much effort, but it wasn't really being reciprocated. And you know, conversations maybe I wasn't really enjoying anymore. And I decided to step away from that friend group, and I was making decisions differently. And I remember messaging Gary, and I was like, Gary, I don't know what's really going on with me. This isn't this is kind of out of character and I remember him saying to me um you're going through a spiritual awakening and I'm like I've never heard of this term before what 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 even is that and I remember looking it up on google and I can't remember all the traits but there was like seven things that were listed and yeah it all kind of ticked the boxes and yeah just just that awareness you know which month was this can you remember? That was maybe about the summertime. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I I had textbook spiritual awakening, but there was a balance because spiritual awakening is associated with mania. So it was like two like so I had all the textbook stuff like the ego was shrinking, the boundary like I was the boundaries were 
we're changing as you see like so friendship groups or something or knowing like bad energy good energy and stuff and um, getting up in the night is one of them okay so the thing is for me I was getting up in the night but my mind was racing mm-hmm. um and that for me with the lack of sleep so someone who needs a lot of sleep started to it was like shake things up but I have actually done some research and it says because I, I did a blog this week actually on mommy jojo and it was basically saying some people see psychology and spirituality as two separate things i think they can be merged together do you know what i mean because yeah. we have a mind we have a body right but we have a spirit as well and sometimes the two it can really shake things up and having interviewed quite a lot of spiritual teachers and read a lot there's always a shake up there's a shake up when so things can feel uncomfortable relationships can get uncomfortable when you're changing and um when you're going through a growth period it can really just shake everything in your world up and i i i don't know if you've heard of jeffrey allen through mind valley but he was talking about how when you go through a growth period you you need to just he was talking about armor that you need you know because it's really easy to like say lash out or to project to others or there was like a list of things and I was like I'm doing that I'm doing that I'm doing that I was like I wish I'd had that step maybe in week one not in week three of the course but it's so funny you say that though because I believe this is a thing right I believe we are spiritual beings have you always believed that or before you got into this did you just think mental health mind stuff not so much of the spiritual mental health yeah I think I've always kind of been um in a bit of denial about being spiritual I don't think I kind of fully understand what it meant to be spiritual but I mean yeah mindfulness for example meditation that that is a spiritual practice it's spiritual development and mind mindfulness is you know it comes from Buddhism so but yeah I remember initially I'm thinking oh well this is me just helping with my anxiety and my panic attacks and going through the motions and you know what it's not been it hasn't been until this year that I realized actually I am spiritual I think I've just been maybe blocking that away because maybe to some people in society that can be deemed as a little bit woo-woo but yeah I mean I, I do feel spiritual and I mean, I think that's important to be spiritual and to embrace that spirituality. It's hard though, because like I was raised in the church, so I've always prayed and had faith, right? But I stepped away for a bit because of dogma, um, because there was some things that didn't sit right with my values. Like I couldn't believe that good people would burn in eternal flames of hell. But there's a lot of people with faith that don't actually, you know, it's all about love and connecting with that what god means to you do you know what i mean like i the strongest i've ever ever felt was when i was manic but i was in a church called central hall and it's the most spiritual place i've ever been in and i felt bright shining light all around me happened on a few occasions and i've never oh it really shook me up i think it's a very very personal thing but for me, it's like, because I had people of different faith writing, some would say, oh, meditation's it's a ripoff of Christian faith. And I'm like, it's not a ripoff, like, because Jesus meditated, right? 
it's not a rip off. Like it's when people start, that's like the ego and the judgment, right? Do, do, you're, you're stealing this from this and this and this and this and this and it, it can get confusing right the conflict if people are you know they say don't talk about politics or religion and what really helped me was listening to Oprah um, and Eckhart Tolle and uh, on their podcast and it really helped me because she's a person with faith but she has just a good way of bringing it all together like she really is a mindful you know, person and Eckhart Tolle was just the, it was just amazing. It was so amazing listening to their conversations. I just got every single thing. And the way he kind of referenced the Bible was stuff that, oh, I never saw it like that. That's what he meant. That's what Jesus meant when he said that, you know, like he's just, because he's, he stripped away, Eckhart stripped away all the layers of the ego and the stuff. He mm -hmm. sees things differently, if you know what I mean. So yeah. I, I think there's like this big divide, like when I, like, for example, when I was unwell, I had medical people say to me, I believe in God. That doesn't make you a weird, do you know what I mean? It was like, yeah. it was almost like if I spoke about God or faith or, or love or whatever you want to call, everyone's got different words for their spirituality, your soul, your heart. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, they're going to lock me up for longer because as you see, woo woo head in the clouds. But actually, there was some people that were like medical professionals that were speaking about their faith and things like that to me when I was in that state. Do you know what I mean? It's like you don't walk into a church or a meditation group full of love and go and pull those people into a mental hospital. Do you know, there's a fine line. It's like because when, when you speak about Lynette's circle, right, when I went to Lynette's meditation practice, I'd been having a stressful week and I was really hurting about stuff. And I literally bawled, right? I was lying on that floor. I don't know if it was an hour class. And I cried and I cried and I cried all the stuff out, right? Mm -hmm. And I just left feeling so much love, right? Now, some people might be like, oh, go and hug some trees and get over it. Do you know what I mean? But I think that's the ego there, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, whatever it is, you know, everyone has their faith. And I mean... I was brought up um, Catholic and my mom is very much uh, devoted to being Catholic and she attends church regularly and you know I have attended church in the past too and you know I have had times where I brought my kids to the church but I'm not going to force them you know I remember we went to um, uh, you know we went to church one Sunday morning me and my eldest daughter Morgan and she just felt quite afraid she felt quite scared and I think in some ways it can be almost too traditional for some kids you know and so for me I, I'm not going to enforce that on her if she wants to go at a later stage that's absolutely fine um, but yeah I guess there is something for everyone like my family are very much devote Catholics and I have been to church in the, the past not not so much these days probably you know around Christmas time if anything um but I guess you just do what works for you you know because times change and things evolve and um you know I think it's very important to connect to how things make you feel you know and and connect to your heart and you know if that is you know meditation or connecting with people that are interested in in self-development or mindfulness you know there's nothing wrong with that but yeah no I do believe that there it's important to have a faith and um you know whatever that looks like but yeah I guess it is quite separate because 
let's face it, mindfulness, they do say it's it's a secular practice. So, Yeah, for me, that's why I loved Oprah because she and, and Eckhart, because they merged the two. So Oprah said, I don't think Jesus came to start Christianity. The point being that he wasn't about labels, if you know what I mean. It was about love. Okay. So whether you have a faith or you hate the word God or whatever, labels are labels right it's when you meditate you connect to that deeper place of truth mind is the labels the ego is the labels the heart is just the truth right you know what you feel you can't Mm -hmm. always describe it like i know what i felt that day with that light and that wow i was fully out of body but i'm a human being so it got too much right because i'm not an angel I'm feeling like there's angels all around. You know, we we have unique experiences, and I perhaps speak to people that aren't sure what they believe in, but maybe they've seen a star pattern at a time that something really significant has happened in their life, and they can't explain it. You know, it's like faith is something we can't see, but the mind tries to solve all that. You know, the mind wants to argue about it or debate it. The mind wants you know, facts and figures. The mind wants to analyze, the mind wants to blame, the mind wants to, but the heart and soul just accept, right? I think I've lost you, Joe. Oh, I've got you back. back. <laughs> Does that make sense to you? Like, yeah. I feel yeah. like that's what mindfulness brought. It was like, it doesn't matter about, mm-hmm. you know, who's right or wrong. It's about what's right to you. You look within. Uh huh. Yeah, it's more of a feeling, and I think as well for me, it was, it was more about the emotional intelligence as well in terms of mindfulness. Because I think for me, my background, you know, it, we didn't really talk about feelings much. You know, it, it would be very much like if you cry and scrape your knee, it's like, oh, don't cry, and you know, dust yourself off and like get back to it. But you know, it's important to cry. It's important to to you know release those emotions so I think with my upbringing in a way I felt like slightly suppressed emotionally because I didn't really know how to share my feelings or do you know what I mean it was almost like oh just just conceal them and get on with it you know um so I think mindfulness for me just brought that out and you know I figured that it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to cry and it's okay to feel fear and it's okay to feel anger. You know, it's just, you know, otherwise it's just blocked in your body. So for me, it was, yeah, it was, yeah, partly to do with the emotions as well and, and processing that. It's so important because we're so conditioned to, to man up, to pull ourselves together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I hate that term, man up. <laughs> so long like whenever I hear anyone say to Charlie just get up you'll be fine I'm like are you okay do you need a hug that must have what I say is that must have really that must have really and then I'll depending on the situation hurt you or that must have really confused you or that must have really you know depending on what's happened so that you you're showing that empathy there and saying that you're validating that it's okay to cry it's okay to slam a door you know, and I can see Bonnie at eight, the hormones are going to come and come, right? And she's going to slam doors. She's going to say bad words that she's heard. She's, you know, but I know her soul and I know who she really is, but I know that she's human and she's got a myriad of different emotions. And I just, as a mum, want to let her feel them, you know, and not be afraid. 
important. Yeah, feel your feelings, absolutely. And I think that's what mindfulness taught me was, you know, whether you sit in a loving kindness meditation, so being kind to yourself, being kind to others, or, you know, if you're feeling upset about something, it's okay to sort of sit there and whether it's, you know, you want to cry or release something, it's okay to do that. Yeah. So yeah, that was a big game changer. And you, so you did that course and then what was your next part of the, because you've been, you're doing an awful lot. Like it feels like you've, you're, I mean, and, and it's not like something you just stop either, is it? It's like you kind of, I feel with self-development, it gets quite addictive because you just, we, if we're not growing, it's getting that balance, isn't it? Between growing and learning and then making sure we've got the green stuff, the soothing as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell us about so when you finished the course, what happened then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I did the course and um, I had a bit of therapy, I had a bit of counselling to kind of process past issues and and then after that I was thinking, right, okay, I feel like I've healed myself in that way, what's the next step? And I guess last year it was really just to try and figure out who I was. So I guess one thing, another thing about last year was um, identity. So I felt like you know, I gave everything to the hospitality industry and then suddenly that identity I've stepped away from. So I was almost like, okay, you know, I'm Jerry and I've got kids, but who who really am I? And I think at that point, my confidence had kind of been, you know, I had lost my confidence a little bit. So, you know, I looked at a coaching program. So I signed up to a six month coaching program with Jill Ritchie and Lynette Gray. And that really just kind of helped me build that up again and, you know, just get my mojo back. Because you know what it's like in society, you know, that's the first thing that people ask. They ask, what's your name and what you do? And, mm-hmm. you know, if, if what you do at the time, you know, you're taking a career break and, you know, you're a full-time mum, sometimes that's not good enough for people. And, you know, you could feel that energy and you can feel that judgment. So I really needed to cleanse from that and be like actually you know what what I have to say is important and what I'm doing does matter and yeah so it's really just sort of going on that journey of building that up again and and inspiring other people as well so it was very much a well-being journey for me and I tried a few different things I went on a Reiki course I am a I learned about aromatherapy and learned how to do facials and I I even considered um, signing up to um, become a a yoga teacher. So there was so much that I wanted to do, but I I just had to figure it out myself as to which path was right for me. So the group program was amazing. I mean, just the accountability and, um, you know, being in a group where you've got similar aspirations and goals and similar issues you know whatever that looks like um yeah it was just a beautiful process of finding yourself again and you know understanding your why and your purpose and you know all that stuff so so yeah that was my next my my next step in in the self-development journey yeah what what were the key takeaways from that then when you're really trying to find who you are and what's from within and not your overthinking noisy at times minds that we all have um i think 
I think for me it was like boundaries so it's just understanding your boundaries I think maybe I was a little bit of a pushover at the time and um you know maybe said yes to too many things so you're over committing so it was really important just to strip that away and um journal as well so just journal your thoughts your feelings what you enjoy doing like what brings you joy mm-hmm. um I got so much from that and and sharing like I used to not really share goals or you know anything like that and I think there's so much power in sharing because you're more likely to put these things into life so yeah um boundaries journaling sharing um and just yeah I guess accepting just accepting where you're at and it's not going to be forever um so yeah just some of the principles of mindfulness I guess just accepting letting go and being and things just generally kind of move from there and you know you naturally gravitate to like-minded people and then opportunities come about and conversations happen and I guess slowly you find your path from there does that make sense yeah totally totally and it's all connected you know as as you've learned in Reiki about energy that we're all energy and every day we may have a different energy right and sometimes people bring out that energy too so you might be with some people like at the circle or, or people you're meeting who are like so on your wave and you're riding you're just like I don't know about you, but being on this journey, there's been times I'm just like, wow, the vibes are amazing. And like, this is great. And like, woohoo, I'm alive, you know? Yeah. Um, I can relate to that. Yeah. I remember actually having lunch at one point. I was having lunch with Lynette and we had not long finished the group program. And we were at Portobello overlooking the sea, having a nice lunch. And I said to her, like, I'm feeling amazing like you know I feel like I'm on drugs sometimes you know (laughs) (laughs) just be careful (laughs) yeah uh I tried to stay grounded at the same time Jo yeah you might get get locked up (laughs) it's like the whole power of that sharing and being vulnerable and stepping up and getting out of your comfort zone like all these things that Mm. you could feel it inside you know it's like this this light that's inside you that's been sort of ignited you know and gosh like I'm not going to go back to that now (laughs) it's just the most incredible feeling and it's like when you can be vulnerable with people now I find like talking about energy you sort of know when you can be and when you can't be if that makes sense it's almost like you just know when safe or and I'm not a big fan of surface level chat and uh, I'm the same I'm with you (laughs) and I'm programmed to do it so don't get me wrong I'll speak about the weather and you know but I just love you know like I I wrote a piece last year and it was something like I don't care how many followers you have on Instagram I care about what sets your soul on fire you know stuff like that I was going off on one of my sort of mindful but you know it was getting to really like this is what I care about you know, this is what, you know, this is kind of satisfying. This is fulfilling, as you say, being able to strip away the bull and just be yourself. Yeah. It's just I mean, the essence of connection, isn't it? I mean, who wants to talk about the weather all the time or you know, <laughs> the surface level chat is just, it's bullshit sometimes, Joe. Like I remember just 
not just not engaging with it I'm like no I want to be with people that are you know um it's it's more about you know there's more to life about gossiping there's more to life about you know um being critical you know and you know I'd rather share ideas I'd rather share experiences and journeys and you know all that all the good stuff because that's where the gold is you know that's when you're like yes <laughs> and, and and it does get addictive and I think for for me though it's like sometimes that puts me in the blue zone of the dopamine right mm. so how do you you were speaking about staying grounded as well so how do you ensure you still get the green soothing stuff with all this these great feelings that come with self-development um well, sometimes I go out in the garden and I take my uh, shoes and socks off and I, I walk around in the bare in my bare feet. Um, I did that a few times uh, when I was doing my uh, so I'm doing my mindfulness teacher training, and I was really nervous and the ego was loud. You know that inner critic was loud and I was like, oh, you know, almost talking myself out of it because I was really anxious. But yeah, I mean, connecting to nature as uh, one of my go-to things for soothing, um, 100%. I get so much from it. So whether that's being in the sea, sea swimming, or just going for a woodland walk, or the beach, or walking about barefoot. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's really grounding in itself. Uh, yeah, so that's what I tend to do. Um, meditate and just make time for self-care. Just carve that time out, whether that's having a bath and listening to music or um you know having a massage you know I think it's really important to have a healthy balance because I know that I'm you know personally I'm I'm quite an ambitious person and you know I'm always looking not looking but I'm I, you know I'm, I'm very driven so but at the same time I do recognize that it's important just to be you know just be in the moment and you know maybe sit outside and have a cup of tea and look around and listen to the birds I think that's really important because yeah otherwise you'll burn out eh? it's like the natural medicine it was like what you were talking about earlier like that obviously med medicine plays a part and I I mean I don't know when I was taken to hospital I was so against it but what it did allow me to do I guess was sleep they medicated the heck out of me but I'm still on some medication. I've come down quite quickly. Just, I guess, because I know it, it puts a plaster on stuff and I wanted to do the work, right? But I've needed it and I'm not, you know, and it's personal to everyone. But for me, although I've come down quickly and I'm seeing my psychiatrist next month because she said, oh, we can give you three months because you're doing really well. But then I was like, well, that means I can't drop my medication for another three months because she needs to sign off. So I was like, oh, so um i just feel like drugged sometimes and yeah. i feel like i'm back but it's that fear i guess for some people maybe if you you're given medication what you'll be like when you come off are you afraid of feeling again and i've been journaling a lot and trying to make sense of some of the stuff that happened and yeah. um, trying to really connect with my soul and not my mind and I know as I, I get off it next year, all going as well as it has been, that may bring up some stuff. And also in the month, I don't know about you, but, you know, 
we go through a cycle as women, right? And there can be times in the month, perhaps when you're ovulating or whatever, where you're, yeah, you've got your most creative ideas and your buzz. And then perhaps a cycle where, you know, before your time of the month or whatever, where you, you want to hibernate a bit more or you just. Oh, yeah. Have you read that book, Joe, uh, Period Power? No. Crazy hell. You're pretty much summarizing what it says in the book. It's like, as women, we go through seasons. So you've got the spring, summer, where you're maybe a little bit more extrovert or maybe a bit more daring. And then you've got the autumn when you slowly start to sort of retract. And then you've got the winter where it's like, you know, you don't, maybe you cancel that week. You don't, you don't see as many people or you don't make as many plans because you know that you just need to nourish yourself. Uh-huh. yeah 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 and then here we go summer's coming yeah. <laughs> summer comes yeah uh-huh because in an ideal world i would book almost i know covid stopped this anyway but i'd book my speaking gigs and stuff that week <laughs> and like, oh yeah the water's going to be flying otherwise i'm performing a little bit more because if i'm feeling more it's like the hormones and eckhart says this in the podcast with oprah the time of the hormones it's a real challenge with the ego and the the mind when we have that surge of hormones when you're like I mean my husband will say to me he'll be like what's got into you oh it's that time of the month and I'll be like really frustrated because I'll be like yeah but I'm allowed to feel anger or I'm allowed to be frustrated by that (laughs) and he'll be like oh whatever time of the month and I and I'm trying to be mindful and not react so I'll be like yeah probably best I just do my own thing and just have a bit more quiet time and maybe you don't speak to me as much and I'll say that I think it's important to track your cycle I've got this app actually called the clue app Uh and it tracks your cycle and it's just it's just really good to have that awareness and know where you're at in your cycle and you know I think before if I didn't track it I remember like I'd be bawling with tears some days out of the blue like I'd, I'd cry when like one of the girls have tipped their milk or whatever and I'm like why are you doing this to me and then the next day I'd get my period and I'm like oh yeah and that's oh, why that I was means. behaving like that <laughs> I remember Scott saying to the nurse oh, do you think she should go on the pill and I'm going no I don't want more drugs I want to feel my emotions and um he's like yeah but that's like a few days or maybe sometimes a week a month where you're more agitated and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to not, I don't want to numb. I want to sort of manage it and work through it and embrace it and not, but maybe that's a form of like society conditioning, just get up and take the pill or do the whatever rather than. I know. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I guess, yeah, I guess not many people want to talk about periods, do they? So yeah, maybe it's a societal thing. <laughs> my friend beauty creep bless her she's thinking of her actually yeah she's a big advocate yeah she's so lovely she wrote to me she'd watched my ted talk and she shared it on her thing she said i've just watched it she said oh i can relate to so much of what you're saying about like going high and stuff and it's so common like it's so common having spikes you know it doesn't have to be okay mania or hypermania or spiritual awakening but <laughs> they're all labels of t- i think it was a blend of the two to be honest but um yeah like there's no shame in periods there's no shame in mood fluctuations and i guess it's just if you get into the point where you're low a lot you know yourself i guess so it's it's allowing yourself that space to journal and to write and say right okay maybe this has been a tough time why is that 
and then what can I do yeah and it takes a lot of work right it can sometimes you have to really dig deep yeah I think awareness is key isn't it and understanding yourself yeah yeah and then you and then you know how to react and you know the way I sometimes um perceive mindfulness it's almost like the matrix you know so you've got Keanu Reeves he's got a bullet coming towards him um but if you have a daily practice you know so your bullet could be the kids you know having a tantrum or getting a message on your phone that's probably not pleasant the news something else comes up in the news so that's that bullet right but with mindfulness it's almost like you are choosing how you're going to react to it rather than do you know what I mean so rather than just taking the bullet and then the ego comes out and the emotions come out with mindfulness it's like okay I've got this issue here how am I going to be how am I going to show up for it Mm, yeah and it's taking that and it can be challenging because you've got self-awareness and then external self-awareness how other people see things and for me it's been learning to to sort of try and feel compassion for other people's even if I don't get it I'm sort of thinking right I can't get into their mind so why are they being this way right they've got their own triggers and their own stuff and Mm -hmm. In the past, I've probably been like, "You should do mindfulness," <laughs> and uh, it, it's a personal thing. And we can we can't change anyone else's mind. We can only change how we react, right? We can only do the work for ourselves. I spoke to a coach once, though, and he said, "Just say you're getting triggered by like a family member or something, right?" He said, "You need to start imagining a different outcome." So you need to because when you imagine a different outcome, so just say you're dreading seeing spending a weekend with someone, right? he gets you to like really imagine rather than you dreading it, that's going to go really well and focusing on, no, this isn't going to be bad. We're not going to row or there's not going to be politics. We're actually going to go and do this. And you can visualize however you want. Like we're going to walk on the beach and we're going to have a nice conversation and we're going to like be patient with each other. And we're going to be, and it was quite interesting, you know, cause he's like, you, you attract that. And it's probably like going back to the secret or, you know, you manifest what you you create what we create in our minds we yeah, attract in your minds yeah yeah totally reframing it so you give love you get more love back you give understanding you get that back you give compassion you get that back but it's a daily you know I think it's important just to really try and see the best in people and it was funny actually I was laughing uh, the other day I was wedged into this parking space just at the school pickup I was wedged in this car was only a few meters behind me so I couldn't really get out easily so this guy comes along and I was thinking about I was just appreciating like all the random acts of kindness and even just like general kindness towards me so I was appreciating that and so this guy comes along and he's like okay I'm gonna guide you I'm gonna get you out of the space so he helped me so I wasn't hitting the car behind and I wasn't hitting the the curb in front of me and it was honestly like a 10 point turn and um I asked him I was like oh is that is that your car is that why you're helping and he's like you know, because I was like really appreciative. I was like, oh, thanks. He's just kind of come out of nowhere to, to help me get out of this space. 
and then I started laughing because he said oh no I just need to get in that space <laughs> so oh. I was like, oh this guy it's like the random act of kindness has come you know and uh, actually he abandoned his own car to get into the space like the only space that was available but still I mean it was really kind that he, he, he did that you know he didn't have to do that he could have just watched me struggle <laughs> yeah I know and it's focusing on that right and bringing that energy like kindness yeah. and oh it's so so where are you at now then so you, you're now a life coach which is so exciting so you get the chance to to help other people on their journey to feeling fulfilled and to stripping back the layers and to to really getting to that true point that's amazing yeah uh-huh yeah so i qualified in august um it was quite a tricky time to be studying because the six months obviously we were in lockdown and you know, what I envisaged studying was going to be like was very much different to the reality because obviously the kids were off school, homeschooling, you know, only being out at certain times of the day and, you know, all that jazz. Um, but yeah, it was just such an amazing positive focus. I had case studies during that time and just being able to help people during such a, you know, during the pandemic you know um was just amazing so yeah I feel fulfilled that fulfillment is in me now and um yeah so I've, yeah uh-huh I'm coaching people and I've got a few ideas for next year so so yeah watch the space <laughs> oh it's so exciting honestly it's just and you know you fulfilled you know it got to the point in your last job where you didn't get that so it's amazing that you've kind of come full circle um, yeah mm -hmm. I definitely feel like I'm living a more purposeful life and it's funny because it came up in the women's circle last year my mum she would always write me my birthday cards and my Christmas cards and she would always write the same thing she would say have a meaningful life you know like to Jerry and happy birthday have a meaningful life oh. and I never actually got that until last year I was like oh that's what she means because I was just before maybe just chasing that carrot or on that corporate ladder and just you know doing the commute for the sake of doing the commute you know so yeah now I know what she means <laughs> only took me about 30 odd years <laughs> how do you find meaning in the everyday I guess just the little moments, you know, I think meaning for me, um, when I think about my gratitude practice, um, it's really about the simple things. So for me, it's about connections, relationships, family, friends. Um, I get so much meaning from that. Um, and just being present, you know, just enjoying the little things and the stuff that we're able to do. Like for me, just living uh, around the corner from the sea um, and being able to be at the beach within 15 minutes or to be in nature um, so yeah I don't ask for much I think it's really about the connection and just living in the moment really yeah that's amazing and living in the moment is the best way right it's all yeah. we it's all we have and that's yeah. joy right there. And I, I think we all deserve a bit more joy going into 2020. I think it's time to brace a bit more joy. Um, yeah. What about you, Joe? What brings you meaning and purpose? Yeah, connections, good energy, um, compassion. Um, compassion and kindness, yeah. 
Yeah, music just is a soundtrack of life, right? So connecting with that. When I, like I'm doing a lot more wild swimming as you are, right? Going into the cold water, it's free, right? It costs nothing. Yeah. Yeah, well, if you've got the kit and stuff, obviously there's loads you can buy. But, you know, the actual practice it's just something so amazing and it's a lovely way to connect with others too like had it not been for lockdown I would have arranged because I'm a patron for Make Seconds Count so I wanted to do a charity event and I thought I'd love to arrange like a massive swim and everyone just makes a little donation on the day whatever they can but it's like community and you know we're just going in because that charity makes seconds count you know um, and you're making every second count because you don't know how long you have you know and when I'm in the water and I've been going every Monday and I just go when I can. And if I'm near the water, I like to go in, which is a tease because the closest beach is not that clean. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, just, Oh, I just come to life. You know, everything just feels like, well, you know, yeah, you're not thinking about anything when you're in the sea, you're not thinking about, the bills that you need to pay or like pick up or the next activity and taxi in from A to B and you know Christmas and all that jazz you're just being you know it's, it's such a mindful thing to do you're just free mm. and I would say at growth like self-discovery not being afraid of yeah. asking questions not being afraid of your dark sides mm. accepting all the shades and and not being ashamed because we are wired you know to vibrate on the surf we need to have a range of shades right the vibrational mm -hmm. scale will show us this but yeah to be here we do need to be able to experience all of the emotions we come into the world screaming because we're scared of what's happening and then we feel pure love and when we're held and supported and connected so just really feeling, really, yeah. you know, Robbie Williams, I just want to feel real love. Feeling that, when you feel yeah. that, and sometimes it takes work to open up that love, right? And we've got yeah. stuff to break through, like that day I'm lying in meditation, so angry, so hurt. Mm -hmm. And it was all okay because I poured the love out and no one bothers me anymore. I just saw them as like innocent. They're not meaning to hurt me. And I just felt, yeah, just peace and one and all that lovely stuff. Yeah. So oh, that's don't beautiful. Be afraid, don't be afraid to strip back and come back to, to love. Then yeah. that's what it's all about, right? Definitely. It's, it's like that, um, that poem, you know, The Guest House by Rumi. It's mm -hmm. like, welcome all those feelings in, you know. Maybe they're clearing something out, you know. And, yeah, it's good to do all that yeah so important <laughs> it's been absolutely amazing so inspiring so honest um just yeah i know it's going to help so many people so thank you what a way to end 220 with such a powerful conversation so thank uh -huh. you so much for showing up as you are and well, thank you so much for having me really enjoyed it <laughs> the time's just fun no it really does fly wow um always ask at the end what your kind of favorite mojo injection song is perhaps people can add it to their playlist yeah well it's interesting you ask because on my spotify 2020 playlist at the top of the list is solomon burke 
Cry to Me. Oh, do I know that one? Do you oh. not know that one? Well, I may, I'm rubbish with names, so I'll, I'll go play it after and see. Solomon Burke, yeah. Cry to Me. Mm-hmm. Check yeah. It yep. Check it out. Well, guys, add that to your playlist. Get, shake the mojo. And um, no, this has been wonderful. So thank you so much. Where's it? I'll put your stuff in the show notes um, where people can get, but do you have a favorite place to be contacted? Um, yeah, I guess probably Instagram is probably the main port of call. Yeah. So your Instagram handle mm-hmm. is, yeah. remind us, find, uh, Jarian underscore finding you. Jarian underscore finding you. It'll be in the show notes, guys, so you can connect to Jarian. She's got some stunning images, lovely quotes on there too, and just really uplifting page. So, so go give her a follow and, um, Thank you so much. Have the most incredible Christmas. Um, oh, you too. Yeah, I hope you have a wonderful time. <laughs> oh, bring it on. Here's to a joyful Christmas. Being present. Not just mm. about the presents, being present. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Oh, of course I know this song, Jarian. Oh, amazing. When your baby oh, leaves you all alone and nobody calls you on the phone don't you feel like crying oh patrick swayze don't you feel like crying well here i am honey come on well cry to me when you're all alone in your lonely room and there's nothing but the smell of her perfume I don't you feel like crying I don't you feel like crying you feel like I'm crying come on come on cry to me Oh, nothing can be sadder than a glass of wine alone. Loneliness, loneliness, such a waste of time. Oh, yeah. You don't ever have to walk alone. Oh, yeah. See, come on, take my hand, baby, won't you? Walk with me, oh yeah, when you're waiting for a voice to come, oh yeah, in the night, but there is no one, I don't you feel like crying, I don't you feel like crying, you feel like crying. Come on, cry, cry to me Oh, don't you feel like crying Don't you feel like crying Here I am, baby Come on, cry to me Oh, so essential. Jarian, amazing song choice. Thank you so much for that, guys. Solomon Burke, Cry to Me, Rocket. All the love. Get your sexy Santa outfits on, guys. 
I'm get rocking around. I'm off to get my little red dress, get some red lippy on and, and turn into a sexy Solomon Burke. Let's do it. All the love and a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.